Welcome to Screen Watchers, episode 18, your game's cast for all multi-platform news, discussion, and oftentimes irrelevant banter. I am Joe DeClara. I am joined today by Ryan. True. And David Kerr. Yo, yo. We are here today to discuss, of course, video game news. We're going to discuss. Kerner, last time you were on, I had started the podcast off, I'm pretty sure, by being like, okay, so we discussed the video game news, but we will forevermore begin by talking about the games we played this week. Immediately after that, we changed the form. Now we're just completely backwards. We talk about the news first. I and mean, then you we assumed do... I didn't listen intently to both of the prior podcasts, so uh-huh. I knew that already. I didn't assume that. Okay. Well, you I did. assume you have not, and I certainly <laughs> know that you have not. That would be okay. correct. All right, there you go. But assumptions make an ass of you and me. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're eventually now going to be starting with news first, uh, irrelevant banter, followed up by news. Uh, very much like I, w- I want to talk about like Game of Thrones on a podcast at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, hold the door. Feel terrible, though. We can't, like, spoiler Game of Thrones. No, just we can right yeah, spoil Game, Game of Thrones. But we could. We have to, like, open up with a spoiler. No, but I just so, said but this. But we I don't have a right Game, of, Game of Thrones. But we right just now. don't. We need to, like, get a Game of Thrones podcast going. Like, I've been urging to, like, talk about this for so long. But, okay, we could just, like, quick. You've you've seen it, David. Of course. My dad David actually doesn't watch me. Game of Thrones. Doesn't watch Game of Thrones. I have read the books. Also have. He's not read the books. He's lying. I have read the books. Also have yeah. read the entire Game of Thrones wiki. I don't not believe that. I, I have think read, he's read so the, much the, of the wiki. This group of people, I just never believe anything. Like both of you could be lying. Both either one of you is just as equally possible for I being seen a total liar. Episodes of Game of Thrones. I'm equipped to talk about it. Okay, well, you didn't see this last episode. I did. I uh, I actually, my dad forced me to watch. You saw the episode the, the door. door. Yeah, uh, yeah. Seen at the end. All right, so I so we'll, we'll to go into to spoiler. It. We'll go into spoiler territory for Game of Thrones episode five of season six. So just Game of Thrones spoiler right here. Hold the door was when we find out what Hodor's name actually means. Yeah, and it means hold grim. the door. And I was totally blown away. Ryan, you are actually a book. Reader, book reader, yeah. Or book I know listener. I read books, yeah. But yeah. you, but you, react- well, actually, I've never read a book. <laughs> I only listen to them. You, you, okay, but you were following the the books first and then watched the show. Yeah. So you're one of the spoiled uh, Game of Thrones, right? But this was un- unspoiled. Yeah. So, like, but that's point, what I'm saying. This unspoiled. is now spoiling your version of Game of Thrones. You're right. This well, is the, no, the show us. is the best version of Game of Thrones. I mean, you think so? Yeah. Almost everyone else who reads the books would disagree. I mean, the books are great, but the show is way more accessible. Sure, it's a sh- it's a TV show. And it so was... this episode, Joey, did you watch Lost? No, I heard this was directed by a Lost. No, I, I did watch Lost. Watched... I did watch Lost. Yeah. I just tried to erase it from my mind because I just season four and on terrible. Right, the season who, the guy who directed the Constant directed this episode, probably the best episode of Lost. What was that episode? It was a serious time travel loop scenario where he goes. Yeah. And he needs to go into the future to. I vaguely remember. When he yeah, like that's when to, it got so to remember unreal, like though. a number that he could bring back into the past. But that was someone. one of the most absurd parts of Lost. Like after season three, when like season three ends with we have to go back. Yeah. Right. And then after that, it just got so insane. Right. Like with this well, helicopter ride that lasts forever. I read a excellent Reddit uh, theory post mm-hmm. about uh, how Bran might actually have existed throughout the history of Westeros. Right, Bran was all the brands. Yeah. He was all the brands. He's Bran the Builder. Because they frequently oh, there's mention a Bran, Bran the Builder. They frequently mention brands yeah. in the story and when uh, their grandmother in the books, when their Always grandmother confuses them. is like explaining it, he's just, she's just like, I can't remember which brand did what. 
it's really melds wow. together in my that's mind. That's crazy. So it might be all the brands. That totally makes sense, but though. But no, but it because... also means that Brand, by going back in time, has potentially set everything in motion. So he is the genesis of exactly. everything that happened. Like everything that has happened will happen and everything that will happen has already happened sort of scenarios. So like Brand is at the obviously the center of all this. Unless there's other Three-Eyed Raven guys that are messing around with time. Well, I think there's always been a Three-Eyed Raven guy, but I think that Bran has set up events into the entire world that's going on now. Right. But for hundreds have, of years. But then you have the situation where, hypothetically, Bran has shown himself able to change the past. Maybe he can change the future, but I think that's a complete cop-out on part of the directors. Mm. And I would be frustrated if they basically had a Bran can just Go back in time and fix everything. Yeah, literally, really crazy. All the brand stuff that happens, like the magic mm-hmm. was introduced through brand storyline and now time travel. Like everything is just breaking what we understand about this game. This episode showed revealed so much, but it was so trumped by Hodor, like sacrificing himself and the whole time travel thing. But like a lot to really unpack in that episode. But that'll be for our Game of Thrones podcast, which we will be starting any day now. But of course, this is a video game podcast. We'll be discussing the general news of the gaming world every week this week we'll be discussing nintendo and some rumors that were going around from analysts reports and also talking about possibly e3 and then some other news about battlefront uncharted 4 and fallout 4 but first some music Our first story of this week, I was a little confused about. I had heard some excellent news that was leading towards possibly our Nintendo NX hybrid between home console and handheld, or possibly just that they'd be releasing a new handheld, which would actually be bad news as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so Polygon and IGN reporting on this Nintendo MH that was allegedly a mobile console that is possibly in the works however apparently i've been reading the wrong stuff polygon and ign terrible non-reputable sources ign then went back and posted another article explaining how it was exclusively a scenario that was developed by analysts at jp morgan japan Mm -hmm. and it was a hypothetical future that they saw that based on current trends and nintendo's past performance that a handheld like this would be their optimal way forward. And a lot of times analysts assume that companies are operating rationally mm. and will do things that have a clear positive outcome or are within their general purview. Yeah. So that's why they assume that this crazy console would be uh, the next thing that Nintendo would be working on. But right, there's but no, what we no factual know evidence. is that Nintendo does no rational things. That's true. Yeah, they, they just go for whatever we're definitely not expecting, like going to E3 with one game, not revealing NX, probably not doing a hybrid because that's what everyone expects them to do. I mean, but where did this name Nintendo MH come from? It was then? in the analyst report. Yeah. This is the this is the idea. These analysts, they, they get paid to come up with scenarios. Mm. Okay. And then a lot of times those scenarios influence reality because these companies read the reports sure so it's really like a two-way street and ultimately you have analysts who really the reports very 
uh, largely irrelevant a lot of times. Mm. They're just kind of good guidelines for you if you really don't understand the market. In this I mean, if they're completely irrelevant, then they're probably not good guidelines. Well, no. For you. So the thing is, especially when it comes to financial markets and stuff, you could have a dozen analysts saying interest rates are going to go up, a dozen analysts saying they'll go uh, they'll go down, and it's really the job of you as an investor. And this is a J.P. Morgan uh, report, so I'm assuming that this is geared towards an investor base. Maybe mm-hmm. they have people that specifically invest in these video game consoles right, because there's yeah, so much money it. involved. Exactly. So. You have to determine what analysts are correct, and you have to weigh it uh, based on your own personal views of things. Mm. So I think from what I read that this is basically just a better version of the Wii U. Mm. It would allow you to transmit games from the console, which is really sweet. It's what I've always wanted. But mm-hmm. isn't the MX this this analyst? N- okay, NX and MH. The MX. Okay, is NX, supposed NX. to be their new mobile console. M which H M H right? yeah. So N X home console M H mobile console. According to this analyst report that was translated, but the N H was supposed to be the same thing, right? Was so it the, very okay, similar? Right, right. So the N X is what Nintendo said in their yes, like uh, financial reports. They claim they're they're coming out with an image, but they've given they've given us very conflicting reports about what it's going to be. So they've kind of made motions that it's going to be a mobile immobile in some way but also claim that it'll work with the PS4 in some way. I know it's kind yeah, of Yeah, this outrageous. was uh, So like what is what do you think that means? David? However, that wasn't necessary again, that was not necessarily anything to go on. That was nothing coming from Nintendo themselves. That was coming from some kind of a survey, not an analyst survey, but there was some kind of online survey that was uh put out there by possibly Nintendo or possibly just any company in competition who wants to test the waters. But Basically, yeah, what exactly what Ryan said, that the Nintendo NX might be uh, somehow communicating in one way or another with PCs or even possibly other competing consoles like the well, PS4. I think that that's the ideal way forward for a company like Nintendo, which has shown itself unable to compete with uh, with Microsoft and Sony, Sony yeah. on a pure hardware level. Mm-hmm. So. I think the value that Nintendo will have is in its intellectual property and in being able to expand the environment and the ecosystem that you could play games of Nintendo brands on whatever system. So the, for the PC, I would freaking love if I could play a lot of Nintendo games on the Nintendo PC. Nintendo games on the PC. Without, this is what sure. I said multiple weeks Yeah, this ago. is because... No, is, you said on the Apple, not on the PC. I said on the, no, on I the said, Apple, I yeah. Two you theories. Wanted, bought out wanted, by that's Apple. That's like, one thing, that's but I also nuts. think the next that I came up with which would be awesome is if Nintendo started releasing PC and Mac games in their own similar ecosystem similar to a Steam sort yeah, of like system yeah like a Steam system on a PC oh, and then Origins okay, also okay. Worse, the most exciting possible scenario for me would be is it if the NX was a 50 to $100 USB controller that did something really yeah, cool yeah 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 you've said that, that worked before. with the Mac and PC right. and that was and so you could play games on the NX but you could also plug it in to your PC and you could play the same games on your PC that you can play on your TV. So they would launch an app store. But no, they're but the just exclusive is, to that controller. The yeah. issue is that a controller will never have the same sort of processing power that... Doesn't need to. Right. It's, it's, At, it's right, 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 just a key. Right. It's, not, it's not pure... When the you controller have TV, is not going to have the processing power. There's going to be a box that plugs into your TV that the controller plugs into. The idea is the first wave would be only the controller. This peripheral, the idea would be try to sell... 
you know, 50 to 100 million units quickly, like make it a huge hit. Everyone who has a PC would buy it, right? And you would launch that simultaneously with the Nintendo App Store. Then a year later, there'd be, this is kind of what they've signaled. It would be like this kind of like sort of mobile experience. Then later there would be this home console experience that comes out and it would play the same games that were running on the PC and that. have to do it simultaneously. But they signal that they're not, they're going to be in two stages. Is that what they've actually signaled? Is two stages? Yeah, the, they well, not Nintendo themselves, but there were some reports uh, I, I of, from patents and then analysts I coming out. I cannot imagine that Nintendo will come out. They have they have expectations that people have of them that they will be able to play the newest Nintendo products on their TV. So if you just launch the handheld product without the set top box that can actually play these games, then Nintendo is basically saying to its fans. The living room is no longer our most important environment. We want to somehow move this to the PC or we want to move it into another competitor's device. Yeah, that's not what they're saying. Right, sure. but think about it. The living room is no longer the most important environment, right? Okay. okay, like 20 years ago, the living room was your primary interface to like a screen. Now the smartphone is your primary screen interface. So bringing it mobile or moving to a smartphone makes a lot of sense. Like the living room is no longer the the main mode of digital communication. It is thing is for going. Consoles. Thing is going with that. I mean, Nintendo. Actual word from the horse's mouth. Nintendo has been saying we're still very much interested in the home console uh, business. And of course. Well, okay. So that argues completely against your point. I'm that, saying they're going to say they're interested. It's a huge market for them. But I'm saying primarily the most important screen is no longer the living room. Sure, I disagree. I think I'm sure that's true. You know that that's everyone's looking to mobile, and that's just the main for, source of entertainment. But I think Nintendo is still behind. You know, they have DNA, they have uh, this partnership with mobile uh, developers, but I don't think that that's their primary goal. I think the NX is going to be a home console. I don't think that this controller thing is going to be what you think. I don't think it's their next step into like the present day. I think it's going to be more constrained. I think that they are not, they're not in tune with what people want right now. They really aren't. And they that shows in their marketing that shows in the Wii U, which I understand was four years old. And that Fox marketing outrageous. Yeah. You the know, worst they, they marketing are, I've ever seen. I mean, we're under new management now, but it, everything that's happening is clearly the brainchild of Satoru Iwata still, uh, continuing forward. And I don't think that whatever this handheld possible thing, uh, is, is going to be as, uh, universal as you would hope it would be. Right. Okay. I'm saying that's the dream scenario. Sure. It, but, that's the dream scenario for anyone. But honestly. what I'm also saying kind of is that we've read these reports that it's going to be in some way mobile first or not TV first. Sure. And that you kind of, I'm trying to build a scenario just like these analysts sure. do around those facts. Like you're saying, yes, they should be on the television first. That's what David's saying. So you're trying and, to build. And I mean, I agree. I like, I think that like ideally they should put out a home console that's a powerful home console. I mean, that's that's just the most obvious thing that they should do, right? Make a decent home console. Not necessarily. I think the most obvious thing, you're, if, if, with the evidence that's been portrayed to us, that's the most obvious thing that they should continue to do. I think the most obvious thing that they should do is get out of hardware and just develop a great software for the Xbox, PS4, and PC. Like, that's just what they should do. They would make so much money they obviously would be cutting down their their home pretty hardcore like there's going to be hundreds of people out of jobs probably but honestly that is what they're best at no and there's no, no need the whole the whole point about that is that then you're at the behest of these other companies to 
not only carrier products, which I'm sure they would, but they would go crazy. I'm for sure Nintendo they would. IP. But then you lose the ability to make a console that has the specifications that you think are right. Like nobody else would have made the Wii. Yeah. Aside from Nintendo. Right, and the right. Wii was Nintendo's biggest product of all time. I mean, from a financial sure. perspective. The Nintendo's Wii was the biggest product of all time because it was attached, it, because it came with the, their most profitable game of all time, right? Well, I don't know if it was their most profitable, but it was the game more than it was the Wii. So they right? lose the ability to do that if they forfeit their hardware department. I and don't know if that's true. I think places... that, I mean, okay, maybe not a home console hardware. I think they could easily have made, maybe not easily, but I think that the Wii could have existed. You get the game with that controller, and then you have you have okay. that game. That so same of, exact thing on the Xbox or PlayStation. That could have totally been possible. You think Probably the, not the, the controller same. on the on the PlayStation, like a Wiimote on the PlayStation? I'm not. I would never assume. I have no idea how hardware works, and I don't know how Nintendo does things. I'm sure incredibly different from everyone else as far as hardware is concerned. That's all I've ever heard. I think that's totally possible. And yeah, they could well, have that done would be very well. okay. So that would be a business deal with Sony. You'd sure. have to approach Sony and say we're gonna we're gonna develop this hardware, sure. And it would be co Sony branded. That would be the only way it would work. Yeah. But here's the other thing that we kind of discussed, and we kind of we almost came to the conclusion a few podcasts ago. This is multiple months ago now. Uh, I want to pitch this to David. How do you feel about the NX, the first wave of it being an Android smartphone? It's not though. But that anyway. would be so. As you said, your dream is the handheld handheld thing. My dream is a, uh, I, I guess it would be a phone that can freaking play games on the PC, that can play games on my TV, whatever. That would somehow have the hardware capacity that would be able to give me a good experience. But I don't, I don't think that's what they do. I think that a lot of the, uh, the specifically gaming phones have not really sold so well. Right, mm-hmm. they haven't. Uh, yeah, so there's not a there's, game. There's the N gauge that came out when we were Jesus. in high school. But no, but that's that's that was the different generation. Right, right. right. That's, so it was the N gauge and then Sony made a huge push into gaming phones. The PS Go was one of them. With this like yeah, with this PlayStation branded phones with, with dedicated gaming hardware. And I think that was such actually, a cool idea. So they were <laughs> actually well. great ideas, and I think the reason why it failed because they didn't put they really didn't give enough software back into these. Like there were only a few titles on uh, that platform yeah. and it kind of just failed because of that. I just yeah. don't think that you have the ability to get the hardware good enough that it can provide an experience, a triple A experience that we expect. I've seen a lot of games for the iPads and newer ones that look great, but it never looks as good as a dedicated piece of gaming hardware. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be foolish for Nintendo to, to go that route. So, so that's the thing. Like we, we've talked about, you know, this mobile phone. We've talked about the cartridges uh, and we've talked about them possibly going all digital or this, this cartridge is like all these things just point to so many different things. There's no way we actually know. I think in the end, I think they're going to come out and it's going to be something we haven't like maybe in the same brand as to what maybe the mobile hybrid is somehow uh, it's somewhere in that vein. But I think we're well, really going to be not blown away. We're going to be really blown away and like, wow, didn't see that coming. Like there's going to be at least a feature, a primary feature to this. That's just going to be like, well, that's fucking Nintendo if there ever was, you know. And it's, I don't, I'm more, I'm not so cautiously optimistic anymore as I am trepidatious about this at this point. Like I, I, I just so many arrows going in different directions Nintendo is under new management, you know, and it's just like, well, I mean, it has a new president and, you know, he clearly has some new ideas. We didn't talk about uh, that 
statement that they made, uh, this grand statement about right. like where they hope for their company to start going, like talking about do, going into the movie business, which is where they'll probably go. Like they've actually made moves uh, or they're like, we're open to the idea of having like restaurant food chains for restaurant chains for Nintendo and yeah, like but medical other, supplies. Was, no, but the other happens. thing, the biggest thing that came out of that was they were saying they're going to do computer software. So that really does point to like not kind of, games, computer yeah, yeah. software, computer yeah. software. So that really does point to having kind of their platform on top of the existing platforms like a Mac app store, a Windows app store. Mm. Well, I just think that in general, when you look at the history of companies that have left the hardware market, it's much harder to it's very easy to leave the hardware market. You sell off the <laughs> you just stop the you just stop making hardware. <laughs> well, no, no, that's it's a lot more difficult than that. Like you have uh Microsoft that's trying to get out of the phone business. You had IBM that sold their laptop uh, property to Lenovo a number of years ago. Yeah. And once you reach that point, very difficult for you to restart. Yeah. So you lose all the knowledge. You lose all the structural capability you had. I think it would be a terrible decision for Nintendo to decide right now that they're going to drop hardware for an all online experience or an all mobile experience. Like there are so, only a certain number of people in the world that can create hardware like it's really a limited market yes so it's really I mean, hard to just spin up a division like that i mean nintendo as far as i've seen for a long can't time can't really make can't anything really make so it doesn't even so, matter yeah. like maybe they get rid of it for Prime a dollar example of them not being <laughs> those people Zelda thing. I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, just like, I mean, talking about Only more really thing. scary Nintendo news. I mean, well, this isn't news, uh, but I mean, this is somewhat news, so we know that Nintendo is only bringing Zelda to E3. They're not <laughs> gonna have they're not gonna have um, a digital uh, expo or anything like that. No keynote. Uh, instead, they're gonna have a live stream of like six hours of Zelda like playing apparently which is just too much to show off of a game as far as i can tell of a zelda game unless it's a 300 hour zelda game yeah okay sure small amount i mean it just might be this is a we'll zelda MMO. mmo yeah it's yeah, an it's mmo so really you could show hundreds of hours <laughs> yeah. and not even a problem so open world setting very similar to no man's sky it's the whole <laughs> whole that's the dream that that's would be the dream. dream that would be awesome Nintendo is offering 500 fans the chance to play Legend of Zelda on Wii U before anyone else. The event will take place at the Nintendo store in New York with signups for the event taking place on June 11th. You guys see, that coincides directly. See, the thing is, the news story says they're going to before anyone else. Right, but anyone, anyone who goes else. to E3 is going to be able to play it. Right, but it's, it's playable at E3. Right, That's right, what right, they but say. they're talking to the public, like the general public. I mean, general public Only can go the to gaming E3, press so whatever. Oh my God. Not yes. true, untrue. The normal person does not have the ability to go to E3. Yeah, people, they do. But I mean, the, I'm probably gonna they be don't at the have Nintendo to Nintendo store for this. Probably I work, work right 500 people. That's a long wait. You're gonna see. Just so you know, it's gonna Screen be Screen really Watchers exciting. comp tickets. Yeah, that's what we'll do. I mean, I'll go for Screen Watchers, but I wouldn't go for myself. I just, <laughs> I'll just play the game. It's the game I've been waiting for since the Wii U came out. It'll be out before. It'll be out after Wii U production is done. Like they'll stop making Wii U, and this game will come out. That's Pretty what I think will happen. savvy business decisions on part of Nintendo. Yeah, well, say. Too bad savvy really because the just... Wii U sold so horribly, they just had to cut it. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's the smart move. 
but yeah, Zelda's going to be playable for to a bunch of people. And Pokemon Go is a thing, and that's going to be playable to people. That's not the news this week, though. The news this week was that we found out some info, apparently, about Pokemon Go's mechanics. Ryan could not ascertain are what the mechanics are. There are mechanics in this game. That's my question. Yeah. Read the article. Didn't see any mechanics. Unclear. Unclear, Unclear yeah. as the mechanics. There are gyms, though. Yeah. They're always gyms. an important thing. Yeah, IGN. What is the combat system? That's the only thing I care about. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't think that there's going to be real. It's not going to be a real Pokemon game. That's all I can tell. You know, that we've we've been worried about it. We were pretty certain, you know, from what we've seen. This is not a standard Pokemon game, which would make so right. much sense. It's unreal. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> people are going to be flying around the world to catch all the Pokemon. In this I don't game. know if people are going to be flying. There are, there's going to be a small subset of very dedicated fans. That's scary. Who are going to be flying. Like, there are certain Pokemon you can only get in Tokyo. There's one, I think Mewtwo is in Times Square. Or even more likely, they're going to be shipping their handheld all over the world to get this. That's a much easier way of doing right, it. Right, yeah, but I think you have to actually interact with it. I don't think it's just street pass, like it just activates and then no, you No, but I'm saying back. you would send your, your handheld to another country, have somebody there. This is a great business Yeah, idea. that's what <laughs> we start the worldwide Pokemon Go. That's what we were yes. saying. Where so, you just ship your phone and then you, you like... I don't want to ship my phone around the world, though. But some people might. Some people would 100% do that. We were kind of conceptualizing also uh, how we can get, like, you know, you to go, oh, for a special time offer, you go to your nearest Radio Shack and you'll get your Zapdos. Yeah. (laughs) Like the radio shack is one of my more. favorite Pokemon. Yeah. The other thing There'll you can do is serious. just you probably just simply spoof your location and find any Pokemon you want. I guess so. This, I mean, it'll be going off your GPS. No, yeah, you just tell it a different. Well, uh, no, you're, you're saying that it's getting. it's not like a walk through the park sort of deal. You actually have to find them. So the spoofing the GPS doesn't really work. But you spoof the GPS oh, and then, then you just would, walk around. Yeah, you just walk around. Maybe. Yeah. All right, well, we offer the spoofing service $5 a Pokemon, depending on rarity. We've really promised way too many things from Screen Watchers, and none of these things have come to They fruition. will. I have written an We've article. We've probably got like five podcasts in the works right now. Anyway, let's talk a little more E3. Uh, Rockstar announced that more announcements are coming soon on their video games. Yeah, they're uh, making more games. I mean... Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, so uh, we've been hearing some wind about Red Dead redemption 2 or red dead 3 uh with red dead revolver being the first game uh with a leaked image of the alleged map that is going to with that game also we've heard about gta 6 it being a fully vr game uh 2019 but now we're getting some official word of the past couple weeks from rockstar they're saying we got announcements coming soon probably going to e3 which is not something rockstar does often uh, but also, they did announce that there will be no Rockstar games coming out this fiscal year. Yeah, that's reasonable. They're still making literal truckloads of money on Grand Theft Auto Online. Yeah, why would you release games ever again, honestly? The, so we recently saw the most recent uh, update is 65 million copies, copies of GTA V. And that's not including all the online purchases, right? Right, that's just I think that's $60 reta- yeah, that's copies retail. of the game. That's yeah. just... Those online purchases make bank, though, too. It's across multiple... Yeah, of course. And that's that's just copies of the retail... They're selling money. fake money. Why didn't we reinvent Grand Theft Auto? Good yeah, that would have been decision. the best idea, right? Screen Watchers Grand Theft Auto clone. I've been in. reading about some good Grand Theft Auto mods I'm pretty excited about for when I get it on PC. But but you still have not got. I'm sure it's gotten... No, on it, sale it, it, on it hasn't Steam? gone lower than forty dollars. I paid six, oh. I paid sixty for. I'm not paying twice. I, I'm willing to pay twenty, and I'm probably going to get it this summer. 
But there is a sweet mod because one of my main problems with the game was how shitty the cop system was. So animals can call the police in this game, which is absurd. <laughs> so like you could be like you could be hiking at the top of a mountain, no one is around, you stealth kill a guy, cop car comes down the side. Yeah, of the mountain. so animals must have called the cops. Really, yeah. animals could confirm call the cops. Yeah, I'm pretty game. sure what but, happened. So there's a complete mod rewrite of the cop system. Yeah, where it totally changes it so you can actually kill someone. Before they make the call to a cop, you see people calling, mm -hmm. totally changes it, changes up the system to the point where when you get like one star is only one cop car, two stars is two cop cars. So really, really excited to get in and just that totally was, fix that, that game. That was the original system since at least GTA 4. Like you had to have been called on by a pedestrian or just witnessed by a cop and then they start chasing you. Like, and, and it was different every time. If you killed someone in front of a cop, immediately you get those blinking colors. But then uh, you, you, would, you would find you people calling. You got two stars if you kill somebody in front of a cop, I believe. Right, yeah. If you Never if you, if you touch a cop, yeah. you get three stars immediately. Right. So but this If you game, kill someone in real life in front of a cop, you get 11 stars. Like, yeah. it's just a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, huge problem. But the this one, it's like, oh, we can't find him. He's probably gone forever. Just don't even do files on it. I'm looking yeah. for a GTA that has a permanent record. So if you kill somebody forever, the cops are looking right. for you. Right. So my idea Something I loved about Skyrim, by so the way, sweet. having the jurisdictions. Like you couldn't go back to a certain yeah, town. Now you're you were screwed. Wanted. Yeah. yeah. My idea good. for the GTA, uh, the next one would be you have a split screen where you see the police officer like eating a donut and he like gets the call. And then you, you see him run out of the office and like goes catch you. So you play both sides. So not officially. Play the cops. That'd be sweet. <laughs> so nothing official yet, obviously, because we are not close enough to E three to do our like E three predictions. We should, which we should probably do. But let's just like look. Do you think? First of all, do you think Rockstar showing up at E three? Yeah, I think so. I'm really excited about like the new Rockstar titles. I actually yeah. heard they were had in development uh, a title that was taking place during the Iranian Revolution, which would be really cool. Like a while whoa, whoa, ago, whoa. I think they might have canned the project. Or this could be announced at... Uh, Big, uh, that's a curveball right there for Rockstar. really cool because they have these awesome systems and they can kind of take it in any direction. I'm sure there's some really... Yeah, they have like the really best... They have like, one of the best engines ever, like Rage, which was made for GTA 4. And then ever since, every single game they've released that's been on that engine. It's just so universally like... Uh, like it, it can be used for anything, you know, you say all of a sudden, okay, Cowboys, we can do Cowboys and it works fine. Yeah. I would want to see them focus on a smaller game. So imagine no. the world being a little smaller, Ridiculous. but much more dense. So say like a quarter of the size of GTA five, but really in every single room, there's like fully fleshed out world. So, I much mean, smaller world, but much more interesting and, and lush. I mean, GTA five already, like, especially for its time when it came out, Xbox 360, PS3. I mean, everyone was just saying, like, I cannot believe how much incredible detail is in this game. Right, but there's still that's... a lot of stuff you can't interact with. I'm talking about, like, in, in terms of going into buildings. Yeah, but and... for its time, this game has been ported twice already. So this is an essentially an old game compared to the other right. games out right now. At its time, it was unrivaled. GTA 5, as far as I'm concerned, in detail, in a graphical fidelity for an open Pretty world sweet. game, especially like right, even right. game open world game aside, 
you would see like, wow, this is a pretty incredible one player experience. The cars look so good. Yeah, incredible. And do you so, guys know about the reality I'm mods ready that for... just make it look Yeah, even better. Even better. Yeah. Even better. GTA and mods. So uh, no, no better combination. Factual update to the So we just game. went off uh, E3. It Hold was on. a guy that was working at Rockstar Games in the early 2000s on several titles in the Grand Theft Auto series and then started his own thing. Not Rockstar related. Got okay. okay, got that confused. Think that you read the Vice article got very confused. I think only read titles. There we go. I think I'd be surprised if we see them at E3 though, because they've haven't really? been at an E3 in years. They weren't there for GTA Five. They just they released their information on their own terms, and they can because they're Rockstar. Right. You know, I mean, there's a couple of companies that can do that. Nintendo can do whatever they want. Uh, other companies are trying to do that because E3 is becoming less and less the party to be at. You know, everyone's going off like EA is going to do their own thing. Activision is going to do their own thing. Nintendo's been doing their own thing. I heard someone for discuss too recently long. an Activision game console. How do you feel about just? Yeah, the game I heard console? about something. Like I'm that. willing for everybody to jump in the game console world. That, I think that'll, that'll be, be hilarious. Blizzard the most game, co- uh, yeah, Blizzard the game. Blizzard co- oh, well, box. I've heard Activision the Blizzard box. Uh, so you got the Blizz box thing. Hopefully, Activision and Blizzard split up so you could have two separate. Game boxes competing with each bad, other. Bad, not good. I, I think. Yeah, no, uh, I could see. I could see them going to E three though, just because maybe they have a few smaller titles to announce. It's not like it's not the next GTA we know. It might be no. like some sort of ex- more experimental, like fun projects that they just want to throw out, and they want to. They don't want to have their own whole event for it. Yeah, I think the moment GTA starts dipping in sales is when they decide, okay, GTA 6, it's our next thing. Well, I mean, they already have a release date for GTA 6. They've been working on it since the end they of the They have a window out yeah, for I mean, GTA they're, 6, they're, sure. they're, they're doing GTA 6. Like, it's not, yeah, a big surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not like when, when you make a billion dollars. When you make a billion dollars in like one GTA 7 one, comes up. <laughs> on opening day, you make a billion dollars, you're making another one of those games. Yeah, That's happening. So much money. Yeah, when is GTA just going to go away? That's never going to happen. No. This game is around forever. In other news, All right, let's GTA, talk incredible. about the Battlefront campaign getting cut Star Wars Battlefront. I think <laughs> that is hilarious and so emblematic of the stupidity of movie game tie-ins. Untrue. I think that if you had had a great single-player campaign and you had released it even months after uh, Force Awakens, would have sold so many more copies because it's not like the Star Wars hype goes away. It's not like people would suddenly be like, oh, I saw the movie. I'm not going to buy the game. Well, I think they might have had a contract with uh, Lucasfilm to get the game out on time. For I'm saying that's dumb. Might not have even been a contract. Yeah, but might not have even been a contract. Just been pressure. You don't need a contract. to. I mean, Disney is going to just, you know. The idea yeah, that we they get scrapped this all their work on it, though. Insane. Really, what they should have done is released a sweet single player game months later as a big DLC, either for free or for, for a price. That's totally possible. I think they just kind of. Maybe, you know, Nintendo, I mean, Disney doesn't want, it's not not Nintendo, maybe Disney doesn't want their IP being uh, lobbed off, like appearing to be lobbed off like that. Uh, They probably just want to sell a nice hard copy of something and just say, just no, just don't do that. Start working on the next game because that's what they have them contracted for, for sure. I think uh, they, there was nothing wrong with their decision, even though I would have loved, absolutely loved a campaign just like everyone else. 
they clearly made the right decision simply because do you know how many copies they sold of Battlefront? I'm saying that they, they sold would have... 17 million is how many they sold. So right. I don't yeah, think they... what is the depth of the game? There's no depth to that game. This is the shallowest. It is shallowest, shallowest game. Not so even. So they sold yeah. it on the backs of being a Star Wars game. Sure. Because it looked great. It looked so great. So would there be it any difference great. if the game was instead of a 75 out of 100, an 85 or a, a 95? I mean, I think rating games a few months is the after, silliest thing ever. But uh, like regardless it, of the the game rating, okay. if there was more substance to it, would they have magically sold less copies because it came out after uh, Star Wars? I don't. I don't think so. Yes. No. They absolutely. That's a factor. Having hype for the game. That's what got me to buy Battlefront. I knew I'd re- read the reviews, and I'm you know well versed in video game, uh, the media. Of Did video you games. buy it because Force Awakens was coming out? Yeah, I was super hyped on Star Wars. I was ready for like Star Wars action. But there's no difference. That's like saying that people wouldn't have gone to the Star Wars Force Awakens if the game didn't come out first. I think that it's a two-way street when it comes to Star Wars hype. There's always going to be Star Wars hype, especially when the first movie just comes out, when the first movie in a long time just comes out. I think the business return on this speaks for itself. I think they made the right choice. I think I was playing Battlefront a year from now? Yes, they'll be playing Battlefront 2 because it'll be out. Yeah, they'll be playing Battlefront 2. <laughs> and yes, absolutely people will be playing. People still play to this day. We don't have numbers on like a What's user base right now. We, I, Like I said, we don't have the numbers on the user base right now. But people, I hop on and people are still playing. Those lobbies are always completely full. You get matches in a second. The matchmaking in that game, by the way, is immaculate. That's another thing they did. Fantastic. Uh, so they have, have great, a game, now they have a great... But now they have a great then. foundation of a game. You know, it's It works. It has a huge user base that people love and are expecting more stuff from, and they sold 17 million copies. So, I mean, they did a fantastic job. And now they're releasing statements saying, like, this is something we didn't want to do, but we ended up doing it to get it out there. We don't plan on repeating these pro- these uh, these mistakes again. So we're getting a Battlefield- Battlefront campaign. I just think a game too. that looks that good it's gonna be great. and in general plays that well they could have spent a few more months on it. Well, they will. Don't worry. No, they hadn't hit the movie release. I think it was just such good synergy. Absolutely. Between the uh, yeah, it made perfect sense. Am I right or am I right? I, I think mean, people I, still have I'm still very I'm not even right. EA game. is right in this point. What? Yeah, very disappointed with the, with the game. I was planning on upgrading my computer to play it. You played the game. Disappointed with with the reception, the, the amount that I played. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't deep enough. I, they really, I feel like they they really screwed it up. They, I mean, you don't know. You know, I played the I game. Played the I game can tell you, it's deep enough on console. Mm-hmm. I played the game like pretty heavily on the console, yeah. and I found that it just was not at all. It the sound. I, I will say the sound quality, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, but really, it was a pretty crappy shooter. Yeah, it was just a really like basic shooter. It was a basic shooter, not a crappy shooter. It was for you know the entry level video game. Exactly the casual no the casual gamer hardcore Star Wars fan loves this game to death. Would have bought the game if it had come out a few months later, and more people would have bought it. I mean, look, the invisible gamer will always trump the uh, the avid vocal minority of hardcore gamers. I mean, I think the the hype was so big for this movie, and they wanted to get it out. What if okay? Uh, from EA's perspective, what if the movie was bad? What if it was a big flop? Yeah, exactly. They, they get the knew game it was going to be good. That, that is a thing that I hadn't thought not about. Not something EA is interested in uh, riding yeah, on I had that. not like, thought they, they, of the episode one fiasco sort of deal. Yeah. Well, well the fuck game this game. I'm not going to buy a Battlefront. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've been burned on four too Luke, many they times. Luke, they made Luke a dog. I don't know why <laughs> Why is he a dog? <laughs> All right. 
So in other news, Uncharted 4 sells 2.7 million in its first week. It's uh, not that many. That's that's good for its first. More. That's great for its first. Week. I mean, it's fine. Considering it's an exclusive, it's yeah. uh, not like your popcorn Battlefront, as we were talking about. You know, it is exclusively Man, a video game IP. It's not. It's not a real uh, multiplayer game, even though there's multiplayer in it. I think that that is a fantastic number for its first week. I'm sure it I mean, hit three point seven million at sixty dollars. Hell, you're still making a lot of money. Yeah, and it's its first week. That's, That's two point seven million. I'm sure it's going to sell a lot. It's going to get a great attach rate. You know, a lot of people out there wanting to see what their PS4 can do, and clearly can do quite great things because that game is beautiful. Fallout Four mod in the works for uh, made by forty people or twenty people, something like that. Going to be bigger than the DLC Far Harbor. Ryan, I remember you discussing Fallout, and I told you, oh, this DLC is coming out. It adds about like thirteen hours to your eighty-hour game, and you're like. Well, shit, that's just not enough. I need more content for this Fallout 4 game. Yeah, uh, jokingly. So don't worry. There's this DLC going to be bigger than Far Harbor. Yeah, every time um, with these big RPGs that have these old games like uh, in their catalog, people always talk about having these uh, giant uh, mods mm-hmm. and that, that are actually going to add the old games into the new ones. So sure. like, the Skyrim mod that like you play in the Oblivion towns. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, the, the world, maps. Yeah, yeah. Make the world giant and add like an intense amount of content. And I mean, that's pretty cool. I, I haven't gotten really deep into modding games, though. Have you, Joey? Well, no, you don't have well a PC, I don't have a PC. So. That's what I dream about, though. The, old, the things that I do... Why for... am I even here? Doesn't have a PC. <laughs> doesn't have a PC. What am I doing? <laughs> Guy claims that the only time are better. The <laughs> what is that? That's not even a real statement. Like, scrub it from the record, please. I honestly just, just watched Ryan play... Went to his house to play some Dishonored. Finally, Ryan booted up uh, some Dishonored. Totally legal copy, by the way. And it... Uh, very legal. I said legal. It's a very legal copy. Yeah, so... Yeah. Excellent. So anyway, uh, you were playing and I picked up the controller and pressed the pause menu. I didn't realize latency was such a thing. I was like, no, this isn't latent on my piece on my uh, console. And then I'm playing Ryan's version of uh, design. I'm like, oh, wow. So yeah, Joey, it's this is so unlatent. Things happen. Things like, happen when you move. Like, like, it like you take a second. It's like you He's just think the menu, like oh, literally just the opening up the so menu quick. was so snappy. It's like the most unreal thing. I've I'm ever talking about gameplay. I don't care about yeah, menu. Then I actually played the game and it's like, OK, well, I had taken the controller. I was like, Ryan, I'm going to set you up because I wanted to set him up with like no uh, mm. HUD or as minimal HUD as possible. By the way, terrible idea for Ryan. He'll get totally lost. Can't get through that. Very bad. I've been yeah. playing more. I'm trash at the game, but it is very fun. Yeah, I want to like play some for you before you, or not before you go, but I want to play some for you, like a sweet level, just like me killing. And you'll be like, oh, this is this is how Dishonored's done. You gotta go for the stealth, man. Stealth is the way to do it. I've been trying to do the stealth. Actually, we'll we'll talk about this more. Yeah. But I I upgraded to the further blink, and it's really helped me stealth because now yeah, you that's can, the like, move. You yeah. can get places without people seeing you. Yeah, I feel like I told you to do the dark vision, like, sure, why not? But I, I should just the got dark you. vision yeah. as well, though, yeah, to, yeah. to see where people are looking. Fantastic game. Anyway, like I was saying, you know, just uh, PC, uh, I've seen the light now, the zero latency, the, like, awesome graphics, and just complete ubiquity of games, you know, there's, there's no exclusivity. Oh, this graphics card can't play a 20-year-old game, like, unreal. Uh, but also, the only time I ever watch gameplay is often uh, enviously when I can't get a mod or get a game because it's on PC. And, like, Skyrim mods were just the thing I would check out all the time. That's all I want to get a PC for is, like, get that next Elder Scrolls game and then wait for those mods to roll out where it's just hyper-realistic. You get, like, 
winter hypothermia stuff. That's what they have in like Skyrim. Really crazy, realistic, awesome stuff. So that's that's what excites me about PC gameplay mod mod community for sure. There are mods coming to consoles now though. Like yeah, in the they're going to be more difficult. Yeah, they're going to be heavily watered down version of the modding content that's out there. Let's um, move right into the games we played this week and or last sure. week and the week, week before that. <laughs> yeah. Don't really care about the gold scenario. Yeah, when okay, games with gold, games. Super Meat Boy, so exciting. Don't anyway, really care, beat Super Meat Boy. If like I can play Super Meat Boy on my phone day. every day on every video surface I can, that's me happy. Would be so Nidhogg with me. Can't go a day without being eaten by the Nidhogg. Very important. Uh, yeah, Nidhogg, by the way. Latency. Didn't latency. Know it was an issue. Huge <laughs> issue. The biggest issue yeah. ever. Things are very late in here. <laughs> Let's talk about the games we played this week. As like we were just talking start. about Ryan, we were playing Dishonored. Oh. I know, no, no, it's okay. We'll talk about Overwatch. Kerner was furious with us that we did our Overwatch discussion without him. Uh, we brought on Mark, of course, <laughs> to have our discussion. Unreal, Mr. I v. was only in Philadelphia. Would have easily telecommunicated in. Yeah, not to a the natural podcast, podcasting experience. But regardless. Many, Our listeners demand many hours authenticity of Overwatch played game snap bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to talk right now about my views of the potential Overwatch competitive scene because that is something that I just wrote an entire article about that will be up soon on the Screen Watchers blog. So my view is that when you look at the four and five top games on Twitch, and Twitch is becoming increasingly important in both driving sales to the games and being a revenue stream for tournaments. Mm-hmm. So you have Hearthstone, you have League of Legends, you have Dota 2, you Counter have Strike. CSGO. Yeah. And the fifth one down there, the one that's or fifth occasionally, that's continually dropped in rankings is StarCraft 2. We can talk about that another time, maybe as a corollary to this. Okay. But in general, you have a situation where all the games that are the top games are the ones that are legible to viewers Mm. and legible to the actual gamers themselves. Mm. So Dota 2 and League of Legends, both incredibly complex games. Dota 2 far less than League of Legends because it doesn't have as large a hero roster and the items menu is much simplified. Uh, But you have a system where a viewer with proper guidance from an expert commentator or even just a normal commentator can quickly understand what is going on at basically every point in the game. And most of the team fights happen on a single screen. Maybe you're jumping back and forth a little bit. But in general, you have a situation where in that game, in both Dota and League of Legends, easily accessible. Mm-hmm. I played League of Legends a slight amount. Vel'Koz is the best character, just by by the way. Okay. And it was, when I watched tournaments, very fun for me to watch tournaments. Even though I didn't really know what all the hero ultimates did or their power and range and all that. Very enjoyable. You have 
Hearthstone, which is a card game that has stripped away all the the complexity of similar card games like Magic to a point where when you play a card, it does what the card says. And the opponent can't react. In general, unless you have secrets or some other confounding factor... Also, you actually have a you know gaming UI system, and it's displayed in a way that's actually visibly more uh, consumable than, say, Magic. Which, like, I've seen Magic tournaments on like to ESPN or whatever, and it's just cards, and like you no. can't really see what's going no. on. Okay, so, very hard to broadcast Magic. Though. Yeah, no, exactly. Hearthstone. You, you have, you have great, far more simple and obviously much easier. To broadcasting review. even on Magic Online is not the same quality as Hearthstone for a million reasons. One's, one is that uh, Wizards of the Coast just refuses to spend money on coders mm. for an infinite amount of time. Refuses. Spewed money all over the place. Let Hearthstone get its place. But regardless, so Hearthstone, very easy for a person to understand. Counter-Strike is a first-person shooter that is so far superior to other games in its category like Halo, like uh, Call of Duty for a viewer. Because the play is very slow. You can only move uh, a certain amount of uh, units. There's no sprinting. There's no jumping. Uh, You have maps that are designed so that players are generally focused in individual areas. The weapons are not crazy. They fire straight ahead. And you basically know an AK-47 does this, sniper rifle does that. And you have a situation where it's very easy, especially with the overlays of the casting tools given, that you can tell where everybody is and what they're doing. So you end up in a situation where you can have a first-person shooter that is incredibly legible for an average viewer or a a novice player or somebody who's never played the game to understand what's going on. My dad has watched some tournaments, thought they were fun. And that's that's hard to do for like a first person anything, obviously, because first person view is great for the player and terrible for any other viewer, you know, like just for example, I know this is totally out of the esports thing. Watching Ryan play Dishonored was so dizzying and nauseating almost because Ryan is a much faster. Uh, he receives information apparently must much faster than I do and is able terrible, to look around like crazy. Terrible. And, uh, and I'm watching player, and I'm just, just like, okay, yeah, okay. So maybe not. But Ryan, <laughs> Ryan is a much more active player than me. So, you know, you watching someone else, it's like. You being in the shotgun seat of like someone else driving, you're much more susceptible to getting sick and stuff because like you're not doing the moving, you're not expecting what they're doing. So Counter Strike, however, has solved a lot of these problems, like you said, with like the overlays of like well, the uh, single most mo- motion. important thing to me is permadeath mm-hmm. because games like Halo or Call of Duty, the respawn, you constantly yeah. respawn, so you really lack a lot of attention. And it becomes a situation where it's very difficult to keep track of all the players. Mm-hmm. In in Counter-Strike, you have a situation where when a player dies, that's one less player that you have to worry about from a viewing perspective. And it leads to very intense 1v1, 2v1, 2v2 situations that you just don't have in these other games. And that's the primary reason why I think, one of the reasons why I think Counter-Strike is such a great game when it comes to the viewing experience and the mm-hmm. play experience. Overwatch has absolutely none of these characteristics. You have... Heroes that do crazy things all the time, jumping all the, over the place, flying, shooting explosive rockets everywhere. The maps are yeah, very, very big, chaotic, yeah, very chaotic. And I watched some of the uh, 
there's a professional scene now. I, it's ridiculous that they had a professional scene during the beta. Like, I assume we'd have some time before you had real teams. But No, esports is I huge know. now. No, no, but I mean, every like, game specifically is have a huge for, for Overwatch, thought it was outrageous that they already had teams and leagues that had been going on prior to the beta, like prior to the release of the, the full game. I mean, the right. thing is you have these... Uh, I'm sorry, I'll let you continue, but, like, there, you do have these uh, already versed and experienced players in games like CSGO. Like you showed me that this guy who got banned from CSGO was playing some heavy Overwatch beta. Uh, So what's his name? Steel. Yeah. So Steel was playing some serious Overwatch beta, was playing some serious deep meta of it. Although we find out later, like Overwatch kind of a more shallow game than we (laughs) give it credit for. But like, but that, but they're playing these games and they're already extremely competent in first person shooters. And they're, you know, well connected and they're ready to just start up a team immediately. Well, so these things are going to evolve instantaneously. Yeah. You know, these, I just these communities of uh, that they sport. had leagues that were already going on yeah. uh, so soon. And I watched a few of these matches and it was exactly as I had feared. You had very limited spectating tool, tools that maybe Blizzard will get, uh, get better. But you had a situation where it was almost impossible to know what was really going on because you were locked into one player's perspective and there was just people flying around everywhere, explosions going off, so that it's going to be very inaccessible for a novice player to play. But I understand that it's a more to casual game. Mean. I mean, to, to watch. I understand it's a more casual game, so maybe they're not looking for necessarily the esports uh, mantle, but they are clearly attempting to have a, a foothold in esports. I just don't think there's much growth for Overwatch as a competitive game. I think this phenomenal, like, freaking coolness that can be had if you have professional teams that are using various combinations of heroes and and different strategies but i think from a watching experience which is the most important when you're running a tournament it's going to be pretty weak yeah i mean uh, i'll say this blizzard has built a consumer friendly uh game here they've not built an esport it can be consumed as an esport just like ryan said any game can at this point you know any game can become an esport at this point if you take it seriously enough and if you buy into uh, the skill level required to master this game, uh, whatever game it may be. Uh, they're going to say yes to the consumers and the players any turn that they can. Obviously, Blizzard is very smart, so they're going to say, yeah, esports, absolutely. But they may not cater to that immediately because they that's not their target demographic. You know, This is, I'm sure, a target demographic to the casual Bro shooter players, you know, they saw, I mean, they already had this game in development for years. It was a a botched development that turned into a first person shooter. But I think they also are smart and they saw that the shooter market and the shooter demographic that was coming from Call of Duty and things like that. Now going now more accepting of like fantasy. Fantasy is all the rage right now. And just like sci-fi, things like that, instead of your regular, uh, what's it called world at war i mean call of duty shooters so i think that this was completely just a consumer a consumer game that they made they marketed it out like crazy they got it for 60 dollars on consoles which is new to blizzard games as far as i can tell i mean there was a starcraft 
game for what N64 or something like that. There was a port, but other than that, rented that game was terrible. Also yeah. rented that game from yeah. Blockbuster. <laughs> from Blockbuster, yeah, back worst game ever. Had the original StarCraft. Don't know why I decided to rent it. Yeah, yeah so console. Play. I wanted to play on the TV. That was so cool at the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So console so- play not a big thing for them. Free to play was more their thing, or a subscription mm. like World World of Warcraft. But, okay, hold this on. is now like their target demographic for this. It's but they will say yes to esports because it will drive sales. Like that's just what they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think that this game, if it was built from the ground up, would have been a free-to-play game. I think that the reason why they had to charge was because they spent so much money <laughs> on the development for so many years, and they had to kind of dig themselves out of that hole. I think that they've done phenomenally well with the game. Yeah, but I think they also reconstructed it as a more consumer-friendly game. You know, to, totally yeah. to the invisible It was an MMO, yeah. I think only Tracer. Isn't Tracer the only thing it carried over? No, I think, I think I all, no like, all the art and the actually, characters no. moved over. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, but back to the kind of the esports element, I mean... I. I was initially completely in agreement with you that it would be impossible to watch, and early streams that I watched were horrible. But I think that if I think the casters are going to get better, and it's going to approach watchability. Like I watched, like, I watched a stream today where so there are you can spectate in the game and look at certain angles. Yeah, but it doesn't. The the maps and the characters, you know, the heroes are flying around so much that it's it's way more difficult to get right, a handle what's going on. It's much more difficult. I mean, it's 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 very difficult. <laughs> it's, it's, but it is I think the casters are going to have to basically improve. It's almost it, it reminded me a lot more like uh watching streams StarCraft than watching a MOBA because like there's this huge map and like crazy things are going on and, and they're jumping around the map to different things and it's and I think I think the casters basically will improve to the point where you're going to be able to see some cool matches being cast. I yeah, think I think casting any game uh, that isn't either like you said permadeath uh, multiplayer you know with team based uh, a team based structure or isn't just a one v one experience. If you have like respawns of like five to ten people. It's just too chaotic, and uh, it, it just you don't actually have a concentrated experience. You right. know, you, this, I, I, that's I've actually been work. thinking about this all day. Just kind of like the, this dichotomy between you're talking about a game where you totally die and you can't come back, and then a game like Overwatch where you're constantly respawning. And I mean, I think you definitely gain something in Counter Strike. I mean, some of the the best gaming moments I've ever had in my life were one-on-one Counter-Strike moments where everything is on the line. It's all, it's all up to you. It's all up to you and you can't come back. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that like the inverse of that is you do bring a lot of the a lot of downside to playing where there's a lot of field beds where you die like you, it's horrible. There's also the field beds where you die early in the round and you have to wait. And you have to for, wait for, for so like long. For like three minutes. And Overwatch, so Overwatch kind of never re- reaches those peaks mm-hmm. but the entire time you're playing is fun. Exactly. It's always So fun. that's where you're consumer so friendly. I never said that, I said Overwatch was oh. a great game, love it. Mm-hmm. I just think that I'm looking at it from a watchability on Twitch, which I love Twitch, yeah. and a an eSport perspective. And I think that more it's becoming more and more important to keep and retain a player base, that you have a tournament scene, that you have people playing the game on Twitch and other streaming services, so that if Overwatch is not that successful, maybe it'll end up a lot like Destiny. I mean, Overwatch was definitely successful right out the door. People were raving about this game immediately before it even like released, obviously. So people, Twitter is exploding with this game. Facebook, yeah. everything is exploding with this Some game. Are, this game made its money back immediately. People are yeah. pissed. They're saying basically Blizzard is not getting the flack that other studios get 
where when you release a multiplayer only title with very little content. Absolutely, absolutely, totally agree. Like I'm people har- shit on other so games. surprised. We were talking right. about yeah, we were talking about this during the Overwatch beta discussion. I was it saying yeah, you were not gonna yeah, you, you were gonna get. I was saying you're not gonna get nearly as watered down an experience as you did for the beta because betas are always like that. And I was basing my experience on minimal number of games, like two or three. The only one I remember is game. Halo. Yeah, it's apparently <laughs> exactly the same game. I am shocked that that's the case because that is just. <laughs> I mean, I, I absolutely agree that that is a incredibly lacking experience as far as a $60 title is concerned. You know, you maybe you get your 100 hours out of multiplayer and things like that, but I'm not going to buy this game. That's for sure, because I, I want more modes and more, you know, uh, maybe not a single player experience. I don't need that. Um, this was um, an MMO, so I don't know. I don't know if this game could even make its money back. I was going to say just now that, like, no, they probably made are- their money back right away, but. They're if they make so much money with loot crates. Like, sure, that's yes. true. Infinite money. With yeah. Loot by crates. the way, Blizzard's really great at building these like treasure chest type things, like say packs or loot crates in these games, wherein the way they open the animations are so satisfying and cool. Yeah, I like, like the they CSGO they got it. Better. They understand. No, no, no. That's the loot CSGO. crates. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know how to open a CS:GO case? What happens with it? Have you ever seen it? No, but I know there's a whole gambling no. system. No, so, so totally what disgusting. happens is that. You, you open the case and then like a ticker goes across the screen with all the different guns that could possibly in this like case. Roulette. It's oh, like a roulette. Like a roulette, wheel. yeah. And then it, it, it could be this great gun. It it's this not great, this great but gun. But it slows down and sometimes it's right on the great gun yeah, and then whatever. it just goes to the, the shitty gun. Yeah. And but these cost Almost like it's boss based on real physics in the real world, but More it's not. It's a computer. Each. Yeah, much Because you have to buy the case too. Really Phenomenal. Yeah. I. I love that. <laughs> yeah, Blizzard Blizzard very That's much great. knows what they're doing. I think that, you know, give it time. CSGO, which has great broadcasting, has had several years to build yeah, that. Yeah, and at the obviously. beginning, it wasn't that good. Blizzard's all, and there you go. And Blizzard also is great on capitalizing and already set up system for other games. I'm specifically talking about Hearthstone mm-hmm. to Magic, right? So Magic yeah. was already a thing, and now they have a... Um, they have a model to work off of, and they've so far done a pretty good job, you know. And it's it's pretty much reflecting exactly what goes on in Magic, except yeah. for like the actual game but mechanics. I'm one of the coolest my... things to me is the the so the do you know this the impetus for StarCraft was they were playing Magic on the floor, and they're like, you can make three different balance colors, yeah. make StarCraft, and then yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Don't early, even try to explain so the, no. So the early Blizzard employees were magic players sure. and they're play, literally playing magic on the office floor all day yeah. and like in big circles and they they said that like they had warcraft 2 which was a game of two different sides basically like a starcraft it was game. supposed to be a, it was supposed to be a warhammer 40k game yeah yeah but it was like it was an rts where you had two basically balanced sides right but then they played a lot of magic and magic has five colors they realized that you can have distinct classes basically like distinct uh buckets of things that yeah. all compete against each other so starcraft has three races yeah and so magic was the imp- inspiration for starcraft then Incredible. they obviously moved into hearthstone yeah. so yeah there you <laughs> go Need it's gonna be the let's Hearth- just build starcraft hearthstone, hearthstone that's what it's starstone there that'd be sweet yeah but okay. uh like just my, my closing point is that i think that overwatch i i think it's a great game had a lot of fun playing it will continue to have fun playing it but i feel like it is a polished version of Team Fortress 2. Mm. And in my in my blog post, I say that, you know, I was worried about it. It's not really that that it's like better than that. And it yeah. is better than that. But at the end of the day, it 
you're really getting a very similar experience. Mm -hmm. And people love Team Fortress 2. They play it still. It's uh, very, very popular. But I don't think it will ever have the same... I don't think it will retain the same level of support that Blizzard is hoping from it. Yeah, another... Another like a complete genre made by consumers and like a community that it's, that Blizzard is mod, right? that Blizzard is capitalizing on. Like Counter Strike was, I mean, this is different. Well, Team Fortress was a Half Life mod or yep. something like that. So it was Counter Strike, and then Team Fortress Two was its own game. Counter Strike was a mod, and then Blizzard is going, okay, well, we could do that. You know, what's it called? Dota is a mod of Warcraft or what have you, and mm-hmm. then Blizzard's like, let's get Hots out the window. You know, another MOBA ish game that's a mobile right yeah so So blizzard knows how to target like these new games it's like well these are what people want to want to play badly because they're literally making the games in order to play them so let's let's capitalize on that there have been a lot of arena shooters and and one of the games that are most disappointed well it's not really arena shooter side note most disappointed to see that it didn't do that well financially was evolve had you ever seen Yeah, yeah evolve yeah evolve sweet game crazy game mechanics blast to watch fun to play and it well just i never heard that the, the problem support. was yeah like well no for one, one wants to be the enemy exactly no, like well no no work. one wants to be the hunters i thought and yeah, like that the monster was like the coolest part okay but but even being the hunter like it just i guess it was not properly balanced and it was weird to watch and weird to play yeah asymmetrical gaming was almost a thing developers wanted it to be a thing for a whole year and then it just never took all right, well, that's plenty to end on. However, me and Ryan, of course, played video games. Ryan, you probably played a lot of Overwatch as well. Played I didn't play any of Overwatch. Competitive Overwatch. We played Dishonored, though, finally. Me and you. Me and you Joe's finally been trying Dishonored. to get me to play Dishonored for a while. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet game. Yeah. I am trash at the game. But I'm, <laughs> it's a hard game for me. I, I've never played a stealth game before. Mm-hmm. Uh, never had any interest. I'm sort of learning how to do the stealth. But mm-hmm. in this game, you could also... Um, just kind of kill everyone if you want, yep. which is basically what I've been doing. It borrows a lot of uh, elements from old games, like something I kind of realized. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like very recently, right before I came here, as I was playing, is you want to abuse the save state system. Like every little thing you do, just oh, okay. save. If you save, then now now you don't have to redo that. Like you kill a guy, you sneak around a guy, you can just save. Oh. So it's much easier to get through the game. Like oh, a lot geez. of old games. You're having just... a lot more trouble than I did. I did not like get that deep into like the save state system. It also does pop up. play the game and win it. Yeah, it does pop fine. up. That says save often. <laughs> like save whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty modern game. What other old elements besides the save states? Like actually the game mechanics. Yeah, I mean the stealth. The yeah. stealth elements of the game. Mm-hmm. I first really loved the combat system. But as I play it more, sort of falling out of love with it. It's very rhythm based. Sure. Which is something I'm not good at in games either. Like uh, any, no any sort of rhythm. No. I don't really have any. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've heard that it's very rhythm Watch based. Watch this guy dance. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, but with the things I like about it the most, I mean, the world is incredible. Like, yes, it's really absolutely. fleshed out. Really cool world. Um, really felt inspired by Game of Thrones to me when you like. So. Yeah, we were talking about that. How this game came out in 2012. I was asking. Well, one of the guards said uh, for the watch. for the watch when he right before he struck you, and we'll I was also just say, like, "Hold the door." Big on no, didn't <laughs> say that at all. But they they were just saying these things, and they said hold, hold for the watch, and <laughs> I realized the <laughs> they didn't say hold the door. They said for the watch before they strike you, and I was just like, "Oh, for the watch!" Like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones spoiler, by the way, just what they say uh, in a really really big moment in Game of Thrones. And I was just like, Ryan, when did the last book come out? And you said maybe. 2008 2012 you don't actually know but 
latest date, possibly 2012. I was like, so this game clearly could have some serious Game of Thrones references in there, and that could be a serious reference to like a pivotal moment of Game of Thrones. So yeah, that so I found interesting. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think that the the world is incredible. The world building and and uh, just like the experience of being in it is mm-hmm. really great. Yeah. Um, kind of it it. I don't. I haven't played many RPGs. I mean, I played uh, Skyrim, and this kind of borrows elements from that. Yeah. Where you have to really manage your quests. And you also have to really like think about what people are telling you, and then like go do those things. It's like a video game, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a video game. Yeah, there are there are objectives. Ryan's there are objectives about like, video games, but also you don't have to do all of them, and it's very yeah, unclear. optional. Is okay, there a fail state? Video is there a fail state though? <laughs> that's what that's what we need to determine. I mean, okay, optional side quests and main quests. Yeah, like that's video games. So yeah, yeah, understood. Okay, there's definitely a quest system. So if you're not an R- <laughs> if you're not an RPG player. As oh. I as I've only played probably you know twenty hours of RPGs total. Okay, that's... played seven thousand hours of competitive FPS. So it's like yeah, that's the thing. The single player games you've played have mostly been just purely skill based, like arcadey games or like FTL or whatever. You know those. So I understand now. Yeah, it's like a lot. Not a lot of single player, uh, narrative driven games that you've played before. So I, I understand now why you're you're noticing these things. I mean, this game yeah. is, I thought, right up your alley. It might be too complicated. I'm worried about now. <laughs> we got to get I'm not on, being, like, on the original Mist. That's what you got to play. I yeah, we could play Mist as a group. Oh, Mist is great. I totally do. I've heard Mist is a lot. Well, I've heard The Witness is a lot like Mist, and The Witness is, like, my favorite game right now. I mean, I haven't played it in forever, but, I mean, that game is my game of the year for sure. So I don't know if Ryan's up for The Mist. He was totally up for The Witness. Witness was great. But, uh. Dishonored, you gotta keep playing for sure. I did recall after leaving, I was really like riding on you, just being like, "You're terrible at this game." Feel bad though, because first time I played, I could like the stealth was just right over my head. Like these guards felt infinitely more powerful than me, and I was playing on normal. So like I, I realized it took until like the third or fourth level for me to really get what's going on. Yeah, I'm starting to lock in on it. It, it does. Um, it is kind of unforgiving. Like you'll be fighting people, and you just get shot in the back. By some guy. Yeah, yeah. Hard to like keep track of everyone. It's a first person game that has a lot of third person mechanics, like third person action mechanics, you know, like the blocking and the sword play is very much like it. A lot like Assassin's Creed, but way more active in one to one, obviously. Just that it's a parrying system, and then like you get one, two, three hits, and then you right. kill them. Sort can of you thing. hide in hay bales, though? You can. No hay bales. There are no Ooh. hay bales. We but you can this game, completely teleport to a roof, and then no one can look up in the ah. game. Dishonored 2 is going to completely change that. They're going to have multiple difficulty sliders, one being like their visibility, like they'll be able to see above them and stuff like that. Right. So uh, basically so, yeah. a, a game, I mean, what would really excite me would be a game with very similar mechanics to these, mm-hmm. but in a more of an open world setting like a, a Skyrim. So a yeah, game yeah. where you actually, the actual, like... What I was talking about is the viscera of playing, like mm-hmm. the experience, like running around in Dishonored is so much more fun than running around in Skyrim yeah. because you just feel like you have much more control over the Absolutely. environment. Well, the Thief games are Thief are is very similar, very similar to Thief, like directly inspired by Thief and Bioshock. It's basically a like it's a, a com- combination, combination of the Thief two. And oh, yeah. <laughs> sweet. Literally that. Yeah. I really played cool. Thief, some of the Thief games. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. So really good. Um, I would say to that that I felt the same exact way on my first playthrough and realized on my second and like third and millionth playthrough. One of the beautiful things about the game is the way they reuse the spaces. Uh, 
a great game like that, Majora's Mask, both of them reuse spaces in really interesting ways. Instead of having to build more areas, they reuse their assets like over different separate days, right? You have a three-day system in Majora's Mask, and then here you have two missions wherein you go to the same city, Dunwall. The second time you go, what you did in the previous mission affects directly how the environment changes in the second mission of that same environment you've explored. So that's a very cool mechanic of the game. It's a great way that they utilize the uh, assets and the things they have at their disposal without you know, not really being able to build more like a big open world. Right, well, so we're that's doing why it's a, a great Dishonored game. podcast from now on. Every time I'm here... Talking so much about Dishonored. I spent two, one minute for the fucking game. I mean, Ryan just played it. Spent one minute <laughs> saying that. I, and I like, and it's a great game. Also, so I'll just say. <laughs> uh, so, Dishonored, you should just keep playing. Try and get a second playthrough if you if you like it enough. Because that's where the game. I'm really gonna try to beat up. it. I make uh, a few inches of progress every time I play. <laughs> Definitely repeat. Uh, modes hundreds of times to get like to get <laughs> per like yeah you say perfect. like i gotta save every time i kill someone that's like that worries me it's like all right maybe not the game for you but okay but yeah uh i won't go off about my game i played i finally finished uh uncharted 4 fantastic game uh naughty dog just gets better and better at building games i would say last of us is the better game uh just way more deep and like the story was just so seminal for video game storytelling in general uh but this game is just so much fun an incredible game my favorite uncharted game however i played the other games joey i walked in on you finishing so, this really game good. there was literally an entire part where you didn't kill anyone yeah it's called the fucking epilogue the where point, the game it's, it's the epilogue it's payoff for four <laughs> games right for like an entire decade of gaming literally an entire you know waste happens. of time like you not you even shoot annoying. anyone the whole time. what's the point kyle kyle was watching and he was being really annoying just like why aren't you shooting anyone and i'm literally a girl in a house like messing with stuff i'm Gone like home? kyle who am i supposed to kill right now like what are you saying and ryan was just jumping right on the fucking bandwagon and being like yeah joe start shooting people man and start killing people or yeah. I'm leaving. Really great game. Really excellent payoff. And just honestly, I think one of the better paced games uh, of the series. More rock climbing than most people would like. I thought it was a perfect amount. I actually liked it. It was like kind of puzzle based. <laughs> Very cool. Kerner, please close out the night with whatever game you also played besides Overwatch. I will close out with three games that are Jesus very Christ. near and dear to my heart. Mostly two games, mostly one game more. It's more like two games. Uh, okay, oh. over the over the week, <laughs> over the last two weeks, I played a lot of uh, Medieval Two: Total War. Yeah, great old school game, phenomenal. Can't wait for. Uh, I'm gonna buy the Warhammer Total War. Looks absolutely sick. Even though I'm more of a Warhammer 40k guy. I'll take what I can get when it comes to Warhammer Universe. Then I played Ruse, which is a old Ubisoft RTS okay. that they actually banned service of it. And they have stopped selling it. This oh, happened okay. like a few, few months ago or a year ago or something. Still outrageously fun. Also played the Collector's HD edition of uh, Age of Empires who Age did of not Empires know 2. that Age AOE 2 was out on Steam. He yeah. is out on really Steam. excited to get this on the sale. Apparently, Ryan saw many hours of me tanking this game with my friends. Uh, I there the the difference between a modern RTS and a game like AOE 2 outrageous. Could not really use the units like you want to. Pathfinding is abysmal. 
Still pretty fun to play. Recommend you snap <laughs> it up on Steam for your legacy RTS gaming. I remember kit. I first saw Age of Empires 2, and I was like, oh, it's kind of like Red Alert. And they're like, no, no. Red Alert is like this game. Yes. This game way better. So Disagree. Yeah. Love Red Alert. <laughs> yeah. I, I never played enough Ages of Empires. What anyway. was your best Red Alert? What? You thought, what was your favorite expansion of Red Alert? Oh, Red, Red Alert. Revenge. I played Red Alert. I don't know what you're talking about. You played Aftermath. I played probably. It had Iron Curtain. Hated uh, Iron Curtain. So and then, then the nuke. Hated the nuke. Played everyone. Bought everyone at retail. As soon as it came out. Tiberian Sun. I really just favorite. liked finding the jewels like on the map. That was just the best part. I was the, just like, I found all these jewels. Part. Look at all of them. Best part is sending attack dogs to eat people. That was true. And Tanya so OP. So good. Literally in love with her. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening in on the screen watchers. Please join us every week and uh, leave us, of course, reviews on our iTunes podcast page or wherever finer podcasts are found. Pocket Cast is a thing. I know that. Please visit our website at ScreenWatchers.net. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter is at ScreenWatchers. Send us an email. Send us an email at ScreenWatchersGames at gmail.com. If you have email, please get on the email. Get on email. Yeah, email very important in today's Text and or call Joey. I will put out his cell phone number right now. Also, we're on Instagram. I think uh, ScreenWatchersGames. Thank you very much. Please always leave a review. And uh, tune in next week. We love you so very much. Goodbye.